FM Rewind. We are having a conversation about this as we're talking to Dr. Harlan Kluter, um, who is a governance expert in regards to it, to educate you more on ward councillors. As we all know, um, we've heard that there's a ward councillor, but we don't know the responsibilities, and most people do not have the relationship that they should have with their ward councillors as well. Like I said, Dr. Um, Helen Kluter is with us on the line. Dr. Harlan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Welcome to Area Code. Um, can we first start um, to speak on how a councillor is elected? The good morning uh, to you and good morning to all the beautiful people up in Johannesburg. Yeah, let's, let's, let's start at the beginning. We've got a system called uh, constitutional democracy and we've got participatory and representative democracy. And so every five years, communities have an opportunity to elect a councillor to represent uh, their interests. So what we're talking about uh, 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 enhancing democracy at the local level. And so at the, at the, at the local sphere of government, people have an opportunity to elect representatives to represent their interests and uh, aspirations in council. Because as you know, local government is a sphere of government that's closest to the people. So we have two types of councillors, a ward councillor and an ordinary councillor. A ward councillor is a councillor that has uh, competed with other uh, councillors, candidates in a ward, and then that person emerged as a winner. It is possible for a candidate to lose his or her ward and still become a councillor, and that councillor is referred to as a proportional representative councillor. So though I may lose my election in my ward, I may very, I may, it is possible that I can still be a councillor. But the most important thing is, is that as a councillor, I represent the people in my ward, and also I uh, represent the interests of even those who did not vote for me. Well, um, when they're representing everyone within. Um the, the community, we did state some of the roles, um, but can you break them down for us? When we talk about the interests concerning residents within the ward, what kind of interests could those be? So in any given community, if you take your area code now, if I take uh, any area, let's say Alex, in Alex there would be one or two ward councillors, I'm not sure, but in the ward council is normally right after the election, there is an election of what we call the ward committee. And the ward committee represents different interests. And the law says there's supposed to be 10 uh, different models, either street committees or representing the interests. So education, health and safety, women, youth, sport, arts and culture, etc. Those are the interest groups within the community that is supposed to assist the ward councillor to execute his or her duties uh, in a dynamic way. Um, when it comes to job opportunities, for example, you'd find there's a construction site that's probably happening there. Um, but any kind of job, how does then a ward councillor be involved in it? And how does he help the community around him? Look, he or she is supposed to look at the interests of that community. So, for example, there's certain projects planned. The work committee is supposed to meet at least once a quarter to look at issues and projects, and in some municipalities they also allocated money. 
And so, like I said, the Ward Council looks at the interest of those. And so when, when projects are rolled out, EOC is supposed to look at what is in the best interest of that community. So uh, the Ward Councillor is the servant of the people, uh, always acting with integrity, always acting ethically to ensure that the interest of that community is uh, advanced. Um, can we talk about what, um, or rather how, then killings and violence could affect the responsibility of our councillors? And the reason why I'm asking that is because we are in um, elective year and we've seen throughout the years growing up and still now, you would find that there are certain councillors that are being killed, especially because people, well, we don't know the actual reasons, but it's an assumption that um, people within whatever parties or within that particular councillor, um, that particular ward, they would then want power. Can we talk more on that? Look, uh, we, we're not we're having a national election this year, and I think your listeners must understand that in 2026 we'll have an opportunity again to vote for local government uh, people of our choice. The big challenge in our society is the following: is that you have, you know, uh, uh, what councillor is or account, becoming a councillor, public representative, is in many cases the first step into the middle class, and so the stakes are very high, you know. Uh, you, you can imagine I can be unemployed today. I don't have matric. I've got seven, nine or seven or whatever, uh, grade 12 or grade 11. And uh, once I get into that, I and have all the perks of the middle class. I get pension, I get medical aid, and I've got a fixed salary. And so the stakes are pretty high. And what we've seen, a, a, an unfortunate pattern over the last couple of uh, years is uh, the killing of of counselors because it's all about position and what I can get out of the system. Politics uh, is in, in our country is, is, is very uh, self-interest based and self is what I can gain or get from the system. Unfortunately, that is, that is public perception when we, we talk about politicians, about personal gain. And so because the stakes are so high and the salaries are so good, you know, uh, for public it's the first step into the middle class and people will do whatever it takes to get into those positions. Mm. But how does then it affect the community around them as well? Because now we're talking um, about the councillors and power and everything, but the community around it, how are they affected when such things happen? You can imagine it's really negative. Mm. It's a highly contested space, you know, so if I criticize you, uh, 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 people sometimes say, you know, but you only criticize because you want position. It's like when you're number one, you've got a target on the back because everybody wants that position in any case. And so it negatively affects people. One, it discourages people to be available. It could discourage quality candidates to be available for public office. That's the one. It negatively impacts on service delivery uh, in that it creates instability. You know, if you, if you kill a counselor, a ward councillor, there has to be a by-election. That's that entire process again. And politics in our country is highly contested. You know, uh, there's a multi a multi uh, array of options that voters now have in a ward. And a uh, a ward election or election is like a beauty parade. You are saying, I'm better than that one. Now, the focus of our country, there's, there's, our focus of our country should be on 
the best candidate or the party that can address the issue of poverty, unemployment, and inequality and corruption that we have consensus are, those are the four cancers of our society. And, and so that creates that instability because we have uh, candidates not coming forward. Mm. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us uh, and for educating us. Is there anything that we may not have mentioned um, that you feel the listeners should know when it comes to their ward and their counsellors? I think the most important uh, thing is the following. We cannot leave the future of this country into the hands of politicians. Mm. Is that a lot of cases after 94, specifically, if we, come, if we reflect on 40 years, 30 years of democracy, is that we've We've left it in the hands of the councillor to deliver. So we sit back and the councillor must deliver. If we want to see progress in this country, civil society organizations should be leading. The church is the biggest mobilizer of society. The sports clubs, they mobilize society. And they need to understand their political role. And I say political role within, with a capital P. A lot of time, government and these world councillors treat us with disdain. And they, they, it feels like they're doing you a favor. And we must not allow that where we have governance, that uh, where, where people treat you with disrespect and treat you in a way that you're, you're doing me a favor, you know? Mm. Uh, service delivery. We believe in battle in this country. But the quality of service from our public representatives is so poor. And we have become used to that because we think that they will deliver services to us and we sit back and do nothing. Participatory democracy means that citizens must participate in shaping their societies. Participants, they must, they must help and shape our democracy by taking active part. You see, that is missing in our body politics because we leave everything to politicians. Citizens, citizens themselves, they need to wake up. They need to become more active. That's why the National Development Plan calls for active citizenship. Active citizenship means that you are an activist and Project South Africa is too big to leave into the hands of politicians. Look, I agree with what you're saying and the reason why a lot of people don't know who their ward councillors are, the reason why they don't know what they can do for them or what they should be doing for them and they only shout and shant their names when service delivery is not done, talking about how they're not doing what they're supposed to, is because they are not active. You only see them when there's problems and if communities come together and communities work together with their ward councillors like you say, Project South Africa would be an easier project to do and it would succeed. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm. So I think there's a lot of education that uh, the community radio sector should do into this space. We did a study last year. There's a big disjuncture between the community radio sector and municipalities. They share almost the same type of developmental mandate, but they've got a very adversarial relationship. They do not trust one another, and community radio is the voice of the people. I'm very passionate about community radio and the role that they can play in terms of educating our citizens about their role, their rights, and their responsibilities, where we co-create. And government, you know, we need to co-create. That's why participatory democracy means we co-create the future. It's not government walking in front of the IDP and we just blindly following. No, we co-create in a dynamic space. That is what is needed. 
Community radio needs to play a much more active role in educating our communities about their roles, their rights and responsibilities. That is so true. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Um, Before I let you go, can we talk about the rights? You're mentioning that um, community radio helps educate the rights. Can you just name those rights for us? The rights of citizens or what rights now? Citizens and councillors. I mean, the Constitution guarantees that's why we have the Bill of Rights, and so it's aspirational rights. But we have to, as the community, need to assert those rights. The council is not doing you a favor if he occasionally uh, answers your phone or doesn't come back to you. We need to raise the bar of excellence and public service in our country. And democracy starts locally. There's a false narrative, I think. And yes, we will have a new government after this year's elections. We don't know what the shape of that election is going to be with this coalition government. But there's a false narrative that says this new government will come and solve all our problems. I've got news for you. It's not going to happen. It will only happen if citizens locally wake up to that reality and start becoming more active and more vocal and demanding excellence from government. For too long, we have allowed this nonsense to to continue. And uh, study after study that I've been involved with confirms the attitude of public service as being very negative. You know, it's very lies fear doing you a favor. That nonsense must stop, and it can only stop once citizens understand and know their rights and their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. They're not doing your favor, it's your right. Well, I agree with you there. Thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, because of time, we have to leave it there. But we thank you so much for not only educating us, but enlightening us and encouraging us as a community to go out and actually be active when it comes to our wards, when it comes to knowing our councillors and working together with them. Thank you. It's Harlan Kluter and he is a governance, Dr. Harlan Kluter, rather. Let's correct that. Dr. Harlan Kluter and he is a governance expert. FM Rewind. Baal 88.1. Area code every weekday from 9 to 12 p.m. on Vow FM 88.1.